You don't look like Adam. I don't look like Eve. Uh, that, I think, is actually better. <laughs> but you definitely um, <laughs> do not look like Adam. You're a lot less Caucasian, I would say. I was just going to say, I am uh, 100% less Irish and... A hundred percent more Irish, Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nearly a hundred percent more Puerto Rican. My twenty three and me isn't, isn't back yet. It's a, it's a zero sum game. Is there a twenty three and me for Puerto Ricans? No, there's twenty three cousins in me. Ah. When it's Puerto Ricans, yeah. Except as a lifelong New York Knicks fan slash sufferer, uh, I'm going thirty three and me. So that way I can represent Patrick Ewing. So I will never <laughs> do twenty three and me. It'll be thirty three and missed finger rolls. I like it. And me. I'm with it. Um, so for those of you out there listening, this is the End of a Species podcast. And you don't hear Adam's voice because it's standing in for, well, not really standing in. As a special guest, also motherfucking special guest, is uh, Ray, who I just found out had the series finale for his podcast. What was that, last night? Uh, the series finale of I Like Liking Things, an exercise in positivity, the most positive place on the internet. Uh, yeah, my se- my series finale ended yesterday. Uh, my watch has ended. And uh, it was, it was you know, much like humanity, we had a good run. Yes. And so it's a good segue into this. How long did your, uh, I know it was three seasons, but how much earth time did that encompass? <laughs> Uh, so in this universe, um, the show started, uh, mid to late August of last year and the episode, uh, when the series finale aired, uh, or dropped as, uh, people promoting albums say dropped on November 22nd. So it was about 15 months and I did about 70 episodes, which is, you know, more than, more than a lot, uh, considering there's 52 weeks in a year. And we were on for about 64 weeks. So there were a lot of double episode drops. There were some weeks where I took episodes off. But um, it was a good time as a Leo and someone who has had headphones strapped to his head for various endeavors for the more than half his life. Uh, it was it was great to do. Talk to a lot of very interesting people. And um, it was good. It was, it was what I needed. It was self-care. It was putting something good into the world. And it was indulging a, a creative side of me that has always wanted to either be Delilah or Happy Harry Hardon from Pump Up the Volume. <laughs> uh, I, I think I found a middle ground. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on a different route because although I think that is doing God's work, putting positive stuff out there, that is not what we do here. <laughs> and it must be very, very tiring to, I know in, on your show, you, you ask people for three things that they like. So I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball and ask you for one thing that you absolutely cannot stand. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know what it was? It was the, the expectation of, of not being, like I couldn't post anything negative on social media without somebody going, what happened to all the positivity? I'm like, you don't understand. The exercise in positivity came from trying to not be so negative all the time. That means negative is, is still the, the thing. So if I had to pick one thing that I really, really hate, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm burying the lead here because I know we're going to get into it, but what has irked me the most, especially this time of year, is the term Friendsgiving. And I'll tell you why. It's akin to, and I promise this will make sense, when there are two identical objects surrounding a third. Someone would go, oh, that's an identical object sandwich. No, 
because the sandwich is named after what's in the middle. Otherwise, everything would be a bread sandwich. And I say that to say this. There's only Thanksgiving. I mean, there's Canadian Thanksgiving, but still. Friendsgiving is, but it's Thanksgiving with our friends. So do you call the other one family giving? <laughs> no. You call it Thanksgiving. Stop it. And really, I'm with you because Thanksgiving with your friends is, you know, you're still giving thanks. There are, And would it then make people who don't have family? Like, there are some people who consider their friends their family, right? So I can see where you're going with that. Uh, portmanteaus in general that are misused. It's, it's, there's a, and it's probably all the George Carlin in my formative years, but it's one of those things, it's one of the, the ways that language has been bastardized that no one ever stopped to think of, like the bread sandwich or the Friendsgiving. You don't, people don't, they, they don't stop to think of why they say things in a certain way, and if you apply more than two seconds worth of thought to it, doesn't make any sense. And I feel like once that glass is shattered, it cannot be formed back together. You cannot unring that bell. I'm... I'm a I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi, and uh, I like I proofread my texts. And <laughs> there there are times where I'll send a text message, and I'll get back just a smattering of letters. <laughs> and I've become friends with Urban Dictionary over it because like it was it wasn't until I mean it was six months ago that F W I W became like I understood what that was, and I it was like somebody would send it to me. I'd look it up and be like, oh, for what it's worth. Why didn't you just say that? Like, it's not that many. It's a lot of small words, right? So you're not saving that many characters. And then I'd forget about it. And then a few months later, somebody would send it again. And I'd be like, what the fuck? What is FWIW? Look it up. And then eventually it just stuck. So now it's it's almost like I'm being infected. Oh, yeah. The the infection is real. For example, um, some of them are, are interesting, uh, if not necessarily, if even if there's no necessarily time savings of it. Like, for example, BRB contains the same number of syllables as just saying be right back. Um, but uh, I learned a few days ago that T-I-L stands for today I learned. And then there would be a fact. And I didn't know what it meant. I actually had to look it up. And I was like, Okay, this makes sense. This is somebody sharing something, a fact that they learn. So I can appreciate it on that level. Uh, another you know, one... let me let me jump in, and TIL would actually confuse me more because TIL is actually a word. <laughs> yes. And so, like, I'm true. thinking of sentences where it's like, TIL, my dog can hold their bladder for a long time. And it's like, <laughs> till my dog can hold a bladder? <laughs> like, when, when does that occur? I don't understand like are you teaching and then that's the goal and you'll be able to eat dinner until your dog can hold i don't know it's i don't like i i participate in the whole acronym garbage and the tech speak and whatever because it's kind of what you do otherwise people don't understand there are people who don't understand when you send them a full subject verb object sentence and they're like what is that so I I kind of have to to communicate, but I I despise every minute of it. It's um it hurts a little bit, uh, and I believe it's because uh, you and I are both. I don't want to be as pretentious as to say we are well read, but we are people that enjoy reading, and I feel like there is a 
There's a line of demarcation between people who grew up reading or in their formative years read a lot versus people that maybe were not avid readers for a lot of reasons. Maybe they read slowly. Maybe they have, uh, you know, dyslexia or actual legitimate reasons. But some people are just lazy and they don't want to read. They just want light and sound. And that's fine. If you like light and sound, you should have come on my show and I still had it. We could have talked about it. You could have told me three things you liked about light and sound. But I think that's where it, where it comes. If you're reading a sentence that doesn't have proper punctuation, you your your mind waits for those the comma, the period, the colon, the elusive semicolon. Um, you look for those things, and when you don't have them, what you're doing is just reading one long blob of words, and it like it it contradicts what I've spent so much time knowing to be correct and what I'm used to, I guess. So when I get back. Hey, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not sure. Do you know? And it's no, there's no punctuation. It just hurts. It physically hurts. I'll tell you, I don't use, I don't want to use this term in a derogatory way because a lot of people do. But when I get something like that, I will always reach for a millennial and say, can you (laughs) translate this for me? I have no idea what somebody's saying to me because they just put words and especially now when people dictate and they just send you a stream of consciousness of word stuff um a friend of mine the other day sent me two paragraphs in uh via text and this person's about my age and they dictated it like the message said sent with siri and it was flawless there was punctuation there were commas and i'm like this motherfucker dictated a comma (laughs) that tells me you want me to read your stuff and it'll be like oh okay I'm going to start a dialogue with you. When you send me a stream of consciousness, it's like I don't even like I'll see the alert pop up and I don't even want to mark it as red. I just want to be like, I'm just going to let that hang for a bit <laughs> while you think about what you just did. I, uh, I, I, I use the I when I use talk to text, I do insert punctuation. My wife uh, likes to laugh at me when she sees me. No comma exclamation point ellipse. Close parentheses, open parentheses, you know, quote, end quote. Um, but you need that. It's important. It makes you feel a little bit like Bartleby the Scrivener when you're oh. when you're transcribing all these legal documents. So for all you young people out there, Bartleby the Scrivener is this short story That's about a guy who does not want to do work. I'm going to spoil it because y'all ain't going to read it. Um, <laughs> and creates... A fictitious, like a doppelganger. They they teach this in like they don't even teach cursive in schools, so I don't. I doubt this story is even being read anymore. But this fictitious guy named Bartleby, who every time he has a task, goes, "I would prefer not to." It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love that you reference that. And so in the movie, which started very young, uh, Greg Brady getting ginger snaps, um, they the, he you know inserts it's it's a lot of legalese. So it's the party of the first part, comma. So that's how I feel. But it's also important for me to uh, get my point across via punctuation so that there's nothing lost, so that you know that a comma is a pause, an ellipse means I'm, I'm trailing off, an exclamation point implies enthusiasm, a question mark is the mark of a question being asked. Wow. Uh, and when you don't have that, it just it, it just hurts. And here's part of my, my, my justification as to why that's important. Because the gatekeepers, the man, no, the gatekeepers are going to be the educated types, the ones who place a value on that kind of stuff. 
So at some point, you are going to engage in conversation or in correspondence with someone who will understand the rules of spelling and grammar and punctuation. You might not ever need to know what, you know, the Pythagorean theorem is, but you will need to know how to write a cover sheet for a resume because the gatekeepers will look at that resume, be it an actual paper copy or something on Indeed, and they will go, this person has no idea that they're even supposed to know how to do this stuff. Bye bye and, I've, and that is where the value lies, because there will always be a certain sect that has decision-making power that has those little things in mind to be able to disqualify people and make sure that their role and their importance and their opportunities are contained in their circle. And if you do not speak their language, you cannot sit at their table. And that's why I think that that's important. You know something that just occurred to me when you said gatekeepers Another gatekeeper are the people that publish dictionaries and rojets and all of that. And, I'm, and it's been a few years. I mean, maybe in the past 10 years, I've seen a lot of this gobbledygook speak. And there's a headline every time like, hey, they introduced this term in the dictionary. It's official now. And a little part of my soul actually dies every time. Um, so... I don't know that they're doing a great job because there are a lot of terms out there that were made up in a on you know on some playground somewhere. Somebody said rah rah rah, and then then now that's a thing in the dictionary. So thank you Webster's for that shit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we I are blaming you, Emmanuel Lewis. One of the ones you told me the other day was a, uh, and we'll go into like different types of of this kind of language like using terms like ginormous which is both hyperbolic and a portmanteau at the same time ginormous we 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 lost the battle when ginormous was adopted um it is a portmanteau of the words and this is going to actually come is this is a til moment for people out there who have just been using that nonsensical mush of letters. It is a portmanteau of gigantic and enormous. Someone needed to convey the enormity of something. And to do so, they took two words that essentially mean the same thing and somehow combined them to imply that something, the size of something was far grander than anyone could even imagine. It's like the joke where I make that if I see something of, of, of size or importance or uniqueness, I go, oh, that's the second biggest tomato I've ever seen. The unwritten joke is, oh my God, it's ridiculously big. How big must the first tomato he's ever seen have been? Um, but we lost the war there. Now I, uh, just to sort of put it out there, I pronounce the word comfortable wrong. Most people do. Because if you pronounce the word correctly, it's comfortable. Not I want you to know something. Comfortable. There's which a sounds uh, like a gerbil. There's a uh, a commercial where this girl says, "I think it's a T-shirt commercial or something," and she goes, "And you look amazingly comfortable." I, that's my my least favorite pronunciation of a word. Um, I've had friends that I've told, like, please don't say that because every time you do, it hurts my spine hearing comfortable. Really? Like, it really does. And I know that it, sh I mean, I don't know what the accepted, I just know what I don't, that I don't like it. Um, it's like jewelry. It's like, oh, like it, instead it, of jewelry, it makes <laughs> me want to, and then jewelry makes me think, like, 
Jay Z, you know. But <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it might be. It feels it feels a little bit pretentious. It feels like you are trying to remember to pronounce it comfortable. It doesn't feel natural because of how infrequently it's used. It's like when people would use the words either nifty or spiffy. No one uses those words because they're in their vocabulary. People are trying to sound quirky by saying things like nifty and or spiffy. Unless we're talking about Calvin, Spaceman Spiff, I don't want to hear it. Just just say what you say and like <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to I, I'm one of these people that's in love with the sound of my voice. Same. And I, I like saying things, but I do not like sounding like an idiot. And I think that people <laughs> that use this weird and I'm gonna sound again curmudgeonly all this weird tech speak, all the weird like made up words, uh, all the way down to like things like Kimye, like you sound dumb. Well, that started with um, Brangelina, Benefer, uh, just these these celebrity couple names that sure we we did that with uh, people that we knew in in high school. It was a way to convey that two people were joined at the hip, they might as well have a shared name. So we came up with things like that. Um, but then it, it eventually grew and it mutated. And you had an interesting theory on it. And it goes into the text language, the shorthand, uh, just saving time of being able to just sort of cram things together. Uh, but there are abbreviations and there are uh, combinations and contractions and, abbrevi- and abbreviations, I think I said that already, um, that... Once again, if you put more than just a couple of seconds of thought, you realize that it doesn't make any sense. And, you, and once again, you can't unsee it or can't unhear it. Like, I'll throw one out there. And this is one of the ones, and I've, I've, I've complained about it, uh, but I just spent 15 months being positive, so I'm going to get some other things out. Um, for example... Let it out. For example, a pasta product with fromage, macaroni and cheese. Yes. But everyone routinely calls it mac and cheese. And I pose this question, what are you doing with all of the time that you are saving by dropping the aroni part? I don't know how long it takes some people to say it. It's a four-syllable word that you're dropping three syllables. I don't know what the value of a syllable is. I don't know if we're all just, I don't know. There's no more such things as collect calls. So it's not like you have to, uh, we had a baby, it's a boy, other words. <laughs> um, but every time I hear mac and cheese, I too die a little inside because it's, Everywhere and an abbreviation. I'm gonna give you an ex- one time when when that's allowed. Like for me, the elongated yellow fruit full of potassium. When I'm eating it, it's a banana. Right. When I'm asking one of my dogs if they want a piece, it's a nanner. <laughs> like, hey, do you want nanners? And they go, oh, I know what nanners are, and they climb on me and they get a piece of a banana. <laughs> I would never go up to you in a phone call and you go, hey, what, you sound like you're chewing on something. You eating something? Yeah, I'm eating a nanner. <laughs> That just sounds ridiculous. So and the same thing, like my nephew, if he's eating or he's doing something, I'm going to use like the little itty bitty yeah. cutesy wootsy stuff. But out in and now they don't even do uh, it's not even acronyms. And now the emojis like mm-hmm. I'll use emojis to put a stamp on what I just said. Like, did you like that movie? Yes, I thought that movie was really awesome. Smiley face. Or, hey, did you finish doing the thing that you were doing? Yeah, I completed all of my tasks today. Dude with sunglasses. <laughs> and, But it's not just like, 
let me pick some weird hieroglyphics pictures, <laughs> and now I have to hand my phone off to a millennial again and be like, can you tell me what the fuck this means? It it puts me in a state, and I know there are a lot of memes where people throw out, but people actually do this. This is a thing that people communicate this way, and some people are, some folks look at these text messages and emoji, 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 emoji. Oh, I know exactly what that means. It means you want to go sailing on Thursday. <laughs> I'm never going to like it. I uh, I like emojis to... Um, I mean, like, sometimes they work. If you're trying to convey how your word should be written. Um, but, you know, if I've told them once, I've told them a thousand times. Shrug emoji. It essentially means, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Or, and then I drop my soup in the elevator. Uh, face palm emoji. Mm-hmm. To convey I was embarrassed. So I... I appreciate the context. Thankfully, I don't run into a lot of just pure emoji uh, people. You know, on the on the hip hop, like we talk about hip hop on the show, right? So, on the hip hop front, hey, what did you think of the new whoever verse? F- fire, 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 flame emoji. Great. Oh, that verse was fire. There, are, there's a way to do it where it's not just like. That's obvious. I thought that was fire. I, you know, what are you gonna do? Those are things that are clearly obvious in the intent of. You don't need to add more to it. Exactly, because you can say fire or you can show fire. That's that's not a whole sentence. That's one word. And there's only one way to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're, it, you can't be like, hey, what is the thing that you're afraid of most in the world? And you just put fire. Then it's like, wait, being caught in a fire, being burned alive, tiny torches, matches. The sun. I don't. I mean, like, there's, there's, there's. You're gonna have to give me more. Yeah. A picture is not always <laughs> worth a thousand words, folks. It's, it's not. No. And of the thousand words that are used, um, maybe we can. And, and then, so, in addition to the abbreviation, sometimes people will use really long words. The same people that will. I, I imagine it's just a matter of trying to get out as much information as possible with using as few words as possible. And I'll give you an example of, I've hated this phrase for years, easily over a decade, because I remember teasing a coworker about it because she said she wanted to get a tattoo of it. And the tattoo is of a five word phrase that people think it has deep philosophical meaning and acceptance when it's just dumb. And that phrase is, it is what it is. It's, you ever see, I see this on, on Twitter, which I know, sorry, I should know better. A nothing burger? <laughs> I enjoy the visual of a nothing burger. Like, you open up the wrapper, you take that, out the bun. Now, a nothing burger is actually a bread sandwich. It's, <laughs> exactly. See? See? It's where, 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 uh, where we circled back. But it is what, it, it, it's meant to portray, like, acceptance and bravery and, and uh, you know, and realization and epiphany and knowledge. No, it's just dumb. It's just a dumb phrase that someone came up with. And I put, I put, it is what it is right up there with, uh, a few years ago, people just started saying the phrase, we shall see. Like, people don't really use the word shall. Maybe Gandalf does when he's talking to Balrogs. But people don't (laughs) usually use the word shall. But for some reason, people out of the blue just started saying things like, we shall see. Like, we're talking about whether or not, you know, Harry is going to come out, you know, uh, to the bar later. We're We're not talking about, like, deep, meaningful things like, 
you know, the embattled president of the United States facing impeachment. Will the people decide or will Congress? We shall see. It's like... And once they do, it is what it is. Yes. At the end of the day, I'm just saying it is what it is. You I know, a... it is what it is reminds me of, like, <laughs> and so there's there's a Latin phrase, res ipso loquitur, like, the thing speaks for it. Nobody, nobody says that. The thing speaks for itself. It's one of those things you learn in maybe Latin class and maybe law school if you become a lawyer. Well, TIL, that's... Yeah, and <laughs> nothing else. So I'm not going to go up to people, oh, well, you know, my car is red. Res ipso loquitur, ha-ha. Ipso facto, blah, 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 bullshit. Um, I don't know why people do... I mean, I guess the reason that people do it is they have nothing to say other than the thing that they just said, and they want to say something. They want to contribute. There's this new culture where everybody has to say stuff. Everybody's, Everybody's opinion matters. Everybody has a voice. And the great thing about that is that everybody has a voice. And the bad thing about it is that everybody has a voice. And I know that's not an original take, but it's true. And I feel, uh, I feel like that's part of it. Is is it's it's the it's a unifying thing. It's not unifying. It's uniform. And that's what I think the the issue is. Um, so, growing up, there are, and we grew up in a different time. Um, Boy, did we. Yeah. And, you know, you had your fat kids and your weirdos and your cool kids and your athletic kids and you had all that. And if you weren't, if you did, if your parents didn't make a lot of money and if you weren't athletic and if you weren't particularly good looking or smart, but like in an off-putting kind of way, you had to find ways to stand out. You had to find ways to demonstrate your value. And you needed to do that with a personality and not a filter, the very, very old man said on his lawn. Um, (laughs) Actually, on Jeff's lawn. Um, And I think that that's part of what it is, is that we were we were aspiring to be unique. Our influences were unique. Our fashion was unique. They became style because it was an interesting thing to do, but there was also, it was a never-before-seen thing. Now uniformity seems to be the way things go, and I find that it's now it's permeating language, and it's no longer, uh, this is how young people talk versus how old people talk, because thanks to the internet, it's no longer, did you see the TV show last night? It's, hey, did you see online meme last night? If I have to see that lady yelling at that cat one more time... Because it brings it back to the that's what she said. This one time at band camp, do I make you horny, baby? Um, it's this, everyone is rushing to make the same joke in the same way and say the same thing. And to people that have strived to be a little bit different, to stand out, to have to carve out a, a place of identity when upon first glance, upon that cursory glance, um, they are being dismissed as... You know, I mean, all you people out there, and by you people, I mean blacks and Puerto Ricans, but when all you people are espousing the virtues of the breakfast club, um, can you imagine if the jock, the weirdo, the burnout, the brain uh, all looked and talked and dressed the same? Why are we in a rush to do that? When uniqueness, which may or may not be a word, used to be the currency, and now... You have to be a part of the meme. You have to use the phrase and watch the show and do the thing, or else you're being excluded. I want somebody to explain no kappa to me. Like, no kappa or kappa, or which became cap. I think it has to do with 
sarcasm or something. Um, meaning like somebody would say something and then say Kappa after it to denote sarcasm. I don't know where that came from. I, and the reason I say that is that's probably one of the newer ones that I've that I've seen go through the internet. Um, and you know, Kappa is doesn't have anything to do with sarcasm. I almost want to trace these back to their source, get in a DeLorean, and when somebody's about to utter it, hit them with a pillow in the face. Like, whatever you were about to say, boom, don't say it. And then maybe if we can do like a quantum leap thing, go back and just, hey, you're about to say this thing. Nope. Or minority report. You can Either catch one it before it happens. Yeah. So I, I looked it up. And Kappa, um, a more fun definition of it's what uh, the Japanese thought the Ninja Turtles were in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 3. Um, but apparently it's, it's, um, it, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to denote sarcasm. So if I'm making fun of you or something, it's, it just means that it, the previous statement. You're really sentence, good at basketball, Kappa. Yeah. I mean, like, we already had not. Does not not work anymore? Psych or psych, there you go or psych. I mean, mind you, since we're here, let's call a spade a spade. We grew up saying things like "Yo, that was stupid fat." Uh, that was dope. I mean, like for every lit bay fleek, we had fat, dope, stupid, fly, death, gangster, butters, the butters, da bomb, da bomb, diggity. Um, I mean, like before Guy Fieri co-opted it. Shouts to Guy Fieri, by the way. Unfairly maligned. Hot take. Um, <laughs> I mean, like. We we had our own fair share of these things that were I'm just say about ninety percent of the things you just said there are, are actual English words that existed <laughs> that weren't created after nineteen ninety or something like they were all words and we just kind of put them together and then they were re, they were and you know they were and I think one of the things you touched on being the internet is it made it there used to be like regional things like if you yeah. were in California you spoke a certain you had your own, you know, Ebonics there. Or if you were in New York, where we're from, same thing. And even then, it would go even further into, like, are you from Brooklyn? Or are you from Compton? Or are you from... And everybody would have their own little things that you would say. But it would... A lot of it would make sense. If if you walked into Compton and somebody would say something that was their own slang, you could pick up on it fairly quickly. When I first heard Fleek, I I think Fleek was the first one that made me feel old. It made me look for my AARP paperwork (laughs) because I had no idea what it meant. Like, well, that's on Fleek. And I I guess contextually, I could Sherlock Holmes my way into like, this is good, right? Fleek. Uh, But the specific definition of what you're talking about, somebody had to explain that to me. And if I'm if I'm like, hey, that's that's dope. It's it's still a word, you know. You can you can trace your way back to why something would be, you know, the bomb. It's blowing up. It's exploding in popularity. What was once here is now everywhere. You can trace your way back from it. I'm gonna posit it one step further, and we're gonna go through the looking glass, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why he said because he too loves the sound of his own voice. A lot of this starts in urban culture. A lot of this starts with minority groups and slang and music. And what happens is people like to use those 
out of context or to either denote rebellion or uniqueness. If I am not a member of a certain community, but I hear that word and I like it and I know what it means, and I bring it back to these to to my group, my circle, my community, and I'm using it, I get to be someone that learns this new thing. Oh, you're not up on that. Um, and I feel like a lot of what comes is still coming from youth culture or urban culture, and then that is being co-opted at first, ironically, by people. And now it, it becomes a whole thing once the populace at large gets a hold of it. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Woke. There used to be this thing six, eight, ten years ago, and it would just say, you know, stay woke. Meaning keep, that's, that's still kind of thing. meaning keep your eyes open. But then eventually woke became, oh, this is my woke bay, meaning a good looking celebrity that's also socially conscious to now a certain segment of society gets a hold of it. Oh, now everything needs to be woke. Oh, I guess I'm not woke enough. And it becomes something that originally had a very traceable context, but now becomes a punchline. And that's sort of how it goes. And I think it's the same thing with some of this language. Like Bay, B-A-E. Listen, there is no, it doesn't stand for before anyone else. It might be a Dutch word meaning poop. But Bay, it's just really shorthand for somebody saying babe very fast. You know, that's, I'm okay that's where with, it came from. I'm okay with one couple saying, oh, I, like if I met a couple and they're like, oh, I call her Bay," I'd be like, that's your term, right? Like right. schnookums, boo bear, whatever. That's cute. But now everybody's bae. Yeah, it becomes a thing where now it's what you have to use. And so, you know, I'm not going to call my wife bae. That's, no. I mean, that's my wife. We, You know, you, you can have your own thing that you say. But it doesn't have to be the same thing that everybody else uses. And then it becomes kind of like an emperor's new clothes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where back... When we were growing up, every one of us would try to start a slang phrase. <laughs> and if it was terrible, we were there was no like, oh, you're being bullied. There was no nobody was shy about saying, yo, that's stupid. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm not gonna use Yamin today. It's it's not a thing. And so <laughs> that's that's been lost. Where I, I I honestly, and I'm going to go back to Fleek, I think that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And it should not have gotten to the point that it did. And I don't think there was anybody that, whoever, wherever that came from, they needed a group of friends that said, don't say that out in public. See, I think I, I, I should really go to know your meme. And sometimes I have to, to understand these things. But I believe that was started in either... Um, I, this is the, the context that I first heard fleek was like eyebrows. My eyebrows are on fleek. I feel like maybe that was, um, I want to say either in the LGBTQ community, you know, as somebody was fierce or whatever, that was, that was adopted by that community. If something was fierce, it was, that was the context that it was used. I want to say fleek might've been the same thing, but I also think that maybe it's just somebody was coming up with a word, but eventually people get a hold of it and it becomes, oh, look how silly these people are. They use words like, and then the, it starts out again as an ironic thing. I'm using now, this word some of the so LGBTQ dumb. phrases that they adopt, fierce, fierce, uh, queen, yas queen, queen, yep. Those, like a lot of the, the language that comes from that community makes sense. Yeah. It's and rooted can, in something. You can say, oh, yes. okay, I get it. I understand where that comes from. The, some of the stuff that comes from, I mean, Ebonics is all but dead to me. Um, 
if it's if it's any abonics that came out after what 2005 2006 it kind of dismantles for me because it it almost is like i'm i, I want to come up with words that and it's what you said that you you didn't you never heard of that and you know we we should do it like an experiment this is just for the people listening don't tell anybody we should do an experiment where we come up with weird words and just push them out there and just tell people you haven't heard of a, a monotron or whatever that's that's a new that's a new thing it means and just give it a definition and see if it catches on and just laugh the the bad the unfortunate thing is that if it does catch people would not even get that they're getting laughed at so we may actually bring about or accelerate the end of humanity well it it feels like uh, what's happening is sooner than ever is that these things are are being uh, adopted, co-opted, um, and it becomes this this mutual language, this this like I said, this uniformity. And but it also becomes a very extreme language. Everyone is because everyone has a voice. No one can be heard. So you have to shout the loudest. You have to use the most extreme language. And for this particular discussion, I don't mean like hate speech or something like that, but even something as simple as just trying to get your point across. Try speaking to someone under a certain age and see how often they interject with the phrase. Under 30. Let's uh, go with under 30. Let's go with I'm under just going to jump jump into the, the deep end of the pool. <laughs> see how quickly they start a sentence with either, oh my God, or OMG, which once again, same number of syllables. It could be the most mundane thing in the world. OMG, I got my mail today. There were letters. It doesn't warrant it. Mm-hmm. But it's the they have to make their language extreme to cut through the din. I'll give you another one. Um, uh, when we used to... When when there was a bunch of episodes of, of, of a particular show on, like a network was running a bunch of them. It used to be called a marathon. We're going to sit here and we are going to marathon a bunch of episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, that has, over the years, become binge-watched. Because you need to somehow convey the decadent, unctuous excess of watching a bunch of shows in a row. Because all you're doing is watching a bunch of shows in a row. It does not imply endurance or stamina or dedication. It's just something you do. You stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and then you barf. And it's like, it used to just be a marathon. We're doing a monster movie marathon. Then it becomes, I binge watched this. And it becomes a it becomes a badge of honor, and it's not something I necessarily understand why the need for that level of 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 what is a loaded word. I mean, talk to somebody that that suffers from an eating disorder and see how quickly they want to say that I binge watched Breaking Bad. You know, the the whole binge watching thing is is funny because of the fact that back then, if like every week would be a new episode of whatever. So when the season, when if like a whole season came out on back then VHS, <laughs> pause for effect, um, you would watch it and it would be a marathon. Now, with the way that like if you watch Netflix, the whole season comes out in one shot. So you have on one side the fact that that's just how it gets delivered. So that's how you're expected to watch it. It's not really special. You know, uh, you just sit down and watch it. Plus... Back then, you would have you're working for X 
amount of days and then you would have a couple of days off and that would just happen to be or at night you would come home and that's when the show came out. Now people work so many freaking hours that you have some people have just one day off and that's when they watch all their all their crap. So it's again you're not doing anything special. You're it's like it's almost like if you didn't eat all week. Mm. And then on Saturday you had 21 meals. You're not binge eating. You're just making up for whatever meals you didn't have. So you didn't do your entertainment the way you used to. Like come out, come home at night and at eight o'clock, MacGyver's on. Let me watch that. <laughs> now you're just, hey, I've been working all week. I did seventy hours this week. It's Saturday. I guess I'll rest my brain and put this on. And to be honest, when you wa- when you marathon something back in the day. You were paying attention to it, even if it was something you saw a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We could watch Pulp Fiction and mouth the words. And now, when people binge watch something, they almost put it on in the background while they're doing something else. So even on their time off, they're still doing. They still don't have like the the focus. And we're the ADD generation, mm-hmm. but like it's, I don't know, it's annoying. It's uh, it's like I said, it's the it's the it's the uniformity of language. It's the tech speak. It's it's all of it. And I and I think we we hit on it in that uh, it's not based in any kind of actual rules or laws of language or grammar or, or how people have spoken for pretty much forever until maybe the last ten or fifteen years. Like most things, it was ruined by the internet. Um, and I think uh. I, I, you think there's a way out of it? Do you think there's a way to get back to it, or do you think it's just going to be, this is what the, the the this is what the Cretans say, and this is what the gatekeepers say? Because I mean, like we are, we have been uh, rushed into either one of those, and 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 both of them are defended and celebrated. There's very little in most things. There's very little room for moderates or a middle ground. So I'm someone that. You know, likes to or liked to use FTW to stand for for the win. Uh, sometimes I will bust out as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, in the the, the AFAIC um, because it is it is helpful, and sometimes it doesn't necessarily need to be said because there's more to that, especially when you're dealing with a character limit. Um, but it's it's mostly just disappointed Ooh, in trying to have. A, I'll do one. I know FG used to stand for field goal. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna co-opt it today. Oh, since we're here, since we're here. Oh no, sorry, you're gonna co-opt, co-opt yeah, it. Go gonna ahead. Co-opt FG, and it's now whenever I send you FG in a text, it stands for fuck GameStop. <laughs> fuck GameStop. Since we're here, fuck James Harden. Since we're also here, fuck 45. Um, I needed to say those things. But here's another speed round of things that I just plain hate, and it needs to be done. Um, tot instead of tater tot. I don't understand it. I'm I blame Napoleon Dynamite for a lot of things, particularly Isn't a tot that. a kid. A tot used to be a child, and now it's a potato puff. And by kid, I don't mean baby goat. I mean a kid. Yes. Um, poo instead of poop. Really hate it. I don't know why it's a it's a thing that might be a South Park thing. Drives me nuts. And that, but again, still, hey, this thing said it once here, so now this is what we're always going to say forever and ever and ever. Nothing against South Park and you don't, per se. And if you have to poo instead of poop. Then that almost means like you're sick. 
It just doesn't sound good. Those those two have annoyed me. Poo and tot. Do not tot your poo. Do not poo your tot. Do not poo a tot. Do not tot a poo. As for can we get back? I hope so. I hope this is all cyclical. And I'm hoping that like I missed a chapter in the history books and there was the same thing that happened at the time that the telegram was invented and people were like, IMO, stop. I think that this is ginormous. Stop. But the reality is that we don't really know, but we shall see. Maybe. I don't know. I think, Jeff, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And thus we go full circle. Um, But thank you for jumping on to the End of a Species podcast. Um, I'm hoping you're going to make some more appearances Throughout our endeavors here, celebrating the end of our species. I would like to. Uh, I I don't necessarily want a front row seat for the end of humanity, but I would like to sort of be far enough back so that I can maybe let a couple of people go ahead of me on the line, like like on an escalator. I'm going to wait for those first few to go, <laughs> and then when I think there's one, then I'll 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 join in. I'll be eating the big bowl of mac and cheese. Do you want to give people your socials? Yeah, so um, I'm going to keep my social media uh, open for the show for probably some time. So you can find me on Instagram at LikesLikingThings2018 and Twitter at LikesLiking2018. Uh, my LikesLikingThings Instagram is a lot more wholesome than my Twitter. I usually just try to post pictures of things that I just plain like. I'm a big believer in that, even though we just spent a whole time. I like language. I like uniqueness. Uh, I like originality. Um, so that's part of where this came from. Uh, but uh, my Twitter, on the other hand, as it says in the bio, I rant a lot about politics, the NBA, and wrestling. If you go through my tweets, you will see me complaining about politics, wrestling, and the NBA. Um, Which, and this is kind of a spoiler to uh, one of our next episodes, means you can never host the Oscars. Uh, I, I can't. I would if they asked. I would. I think I've got, I think if I really try deep down, I can come up with really corny material. <laughs> On that note, thank you for all of you for uh, sticking with us for this amount of time, and we shall see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.